Hey mama, welcome to the Raw Mom Life Podcast, where we talk about the rawness of motherhood and marriage, from mental health to habits and everything in between, all with vulnerable talk to allow you the space to know you're not the only one. My name is Amber Wilford, mama to three girls, just doing my best every day, even if my best looks different every day. Get ready to laugh and sometimes cry, but always with a good cup of coffee. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Raw Mom Life Podcast. I'm excited to have my friend Katie Wilhelmy here today. Uh, Katie and I grew up in the same town, little small town, Minnesota, and uh, we have known each other for a lot of years because when you grow up in small town, Minnesota, everybody knows everybody. And and it's just it's been wonderful to watch Katie uh, kind of from afar. We are in the same beach body group, but you know, like that's one thing that's beautiful about social media is you can still stay connected to people, even when you don't talk to them all the time. So it's been fun to watch Katie's journey as a mom and wife and coach and, uh, just some changes in her career that she'll talk about a little bit today too. So Katie, thanks for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Amber, thanks for having me. I'm excited to join you today. Awesome. Well, why don't you share a little bit about who you are, what you do a little bit about your family. Sure. So I, at the moment right now, I am a um, mom of two. I'm married to Brandon. He is a fifth grade teacher in Springfield and I am a special education teacher. Um, I carry two licenses there. I carry a license in autism and, and another license in emotional behavioral disorders. Um, and then I, like I said, I'm a mom of two. We have Blake and Bryn and Blake is 10 years old. He's going into fifth grade already. Uh, Bryn, she is going into third grade. Um, sometimes I think she's going on 13, but oh, um, same. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're busy with school. My husband, Brandon is the, um, he coaches varsity football this year. He's going back to varsity and then, um, also vars- he's the head baseball coach in Springfield. And then I am the varsity softball coach. So we spend a lot of time at the ball field, which, um, is probably how we first met. I think, you know, you and I both grew up at the ball field, uh, with town team baseball and amateur baseball and just around it. And now, um, I get to raise my kids at the ball field too. So that's kind of cool. That is fun. I love that. Makes for some very busy times, but it's also, um, you know, I just think, I'm very, very sports oriented all the way around, but I just think there are so many life lessons that get taught without actually knowing you're teaching them around sports and just, um, just those things that you pick up along the way. It's so true. There's, there's one thing that I had to come to terms with this year is that my, my oldest is not a sports girl. And like she gave Mm -hmm. softball a chance for three seasons And I, I I basically told her this season, you have to love it in order for us to put in that time and money commitment. And she was like, I don't love it. And I'm like, wait a minute, you don't love team sports. I don't understand. (laughs) I think that's one expectation as a parent, like you kind of, uh, you put on them what you know and what you loved as a kid. And it's, so it's like a, a weird thing that you have to figure out how to parent a kid who doesn't love what you love. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and how to handle like what happens when you love it more than them. Like, you know, yes. they might love the sport, but you just might be more passionate. So like, and just finding that balance and 
growing into it. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I know like with, um, sports has been really interesting to see too, with our two kids, they're different personalities, like totally different personalities. Blake is more, he's always been this way. He was always a super serious baby. Not a lot of smiles, not a lot of giggles. He'd watch everything. He's still that way. He has to see it. He has to think about it. Um, Bryn, not so much like she's our social butterfly. We always said she'd make a great Walmart greeter because she'd say hi to everybody <laughs> shopping. Um, but she's just going to go out and try it. Probably not think about it first. She'll just go do it. Um, and so it's just really interesting to see them grow up and they still maintain that same, those same personalities that they had when they were so, so little. But now it's growing and how are they developing into those kids like who can just react and can just without thinking and um, and trying to figure out how to help them with that. That's, it can be really difficult. For sure. Yeah. Talk more about that, about like you, you can feel like a brand new parent with each kid, right? Like whether yes. they're babies or as they get older, like they're so different and learning how to, how to parent that. I'm sure that your background really helps you in that regard too, right? Yes. Yes. And so also I just, so right before I actually know, so I'll back up a little bit with my background. So in my first life, I always say I was a dietitian. I kind of forgot about that when I did my little intro. Um, <laughs> so I was a dietitian for about 10 years before, um, before I switched over. And, um, I loved being a dietitian. There were certain things I loved about it. I loved helping people. I loved, like, it was kind of a whim. I went to college. Nutrition was a class that was super easy for me. And I did a sports nutrition class and I loved that. And so, um, it seemed like the right fit. Um, but what I found out that I loved was nutrition in big city hospitals, not necessarily small town hospitals, small town, you know, here in Springfield, we get sent somewhere else and, you know, like we send bigger cases on, we don't even actually have a hospital for people to stay anymore. And so I liked when they needed IVs and TPNs or, you know, that type of nutrition, figuring out their, the, all the equations that they needed and so forth, but we didn't have that. And so then as I moved home, that what I was doing as a dietitian, I found myself in schools all the time doing nutrition classes, like for FIAD classes or for high school nutrition classes and health classes. And I thought this was a great, great fit. And so I looked into getting a degree. I actually, my nutrition degree is a family consumer sciences degree, but, um, we didn't need a family consumer science teacher in Springfield. And I knew the thing I didn't like about being a dietitian at the time was that I was over a half an hour away from my kids. It was closer to an hour and I was commuting, which I didn't mind the commute I could do. You know, I, I need a little bit of that me time. Mm -hmm. Um, that part wasn't bad, but when they get sick or whatever, that part was really hard for me. Um, and so I knew I just, I wanted a change. I'd always enjoyed kind of teaching was the other career I'd looked at. And so then I looked into special ed and there was a program that I could do primarily online. There were a few weekends you had to go into. And so I did that and it's definitely been the right choice. So fast forward. Now I have a degree, um, a master's degree and, um, the pro that's the way the program did or worked. So I went online, I did all the classes as master's classes to get my education, um, teaching license. I got the teaching license and then the softball job opened up. Um, our coach who happened to be your, your coach, my coach, yeah. he had some health issues going on, needed to step back. We needed a coach. And so I kind of jumped in sooner than I ever thought I would have necessarily. Um, 
And so I put my classes on hold to finish my master's. So after I had a couple years of coaching under my belt, then I went back and finished my master's and I got my master's in growth mindset, um, was my thesis or in education world, it's more of a capstone. So that was my capstone project. It's a, it's a master's in special education, but, um, the, I kind of focused on growth mindset because I feel like that's something a lot of not just special education students are missing, but all of us. And so I definitely use that with my students. I use it with my own kids. I use it for myself daily. Um, and so I just love it. And I, it's not something you just learn about, you know, I did this huge research project on it and I learned a ton about it, but it's something I still have to visit often to, to keep it in your head. And, you know, like one thing I talk about, I actually just talked about this with my, I did pitching and catching clinic yesterday for elementary kids. And we talked about how you have to talk to your brain. You have to talk to your brain. You can't listen to it because the, the students in my classroom, we call them ants there. You have automatic negative thoughts. You know, you, they just pop up even um, your phone rings and you're like, and you see it's your boss or, you know, it's the principal. It's like, oh no, what's wrong? You know, that automatic negative, it might be nothing, but that's kind of where our brain tends to take us sometimes. And so sometimes we just need to talk to our brain instead of listen to our brain and just little things like that have come a long ways in trying to get that through to my own kids and my kids on, I call them my kids on the softball team or my kids in my classroom. Um, it's very beneficial. I'm, I'm a huge believer in mindset. Yeah, me too. I actually like just after I got dressed today, I created a reel about, I talk about this all the time, like talking to giving yourself some positive affirmations about your body because our bodies are not the same as moms. And no matter how confident a mom looks on Instagram, like there's something she, she battles, you know, like there's, there's something that she doesn't like about her body. And if she's going to give into those negative thoughts, she'll never love that. But if you start just speaking positive affirmations to yourself at some point, you start to believe it instead of believing those negative thoughts and taking yourself down that, that negative tornado hole. Right. 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 And not only that, but it starts with us because, and you know, we model it for our kids daily. So if we're not saying good things to ourselves or, and usually, you know, it's the self-talk and they maybe don't hear it, but they still see that, you know, and the things we say, they hear. So it definitely starts with us. I, I would say, because they're going to follow your footsteps. They fall. And you know, my, so during the spring, it gets to be just straight up craziness here, but Blake tends to go with baseball. Blake goes with Brandon to all the baseball and Bryn comes with me to softball. She's like labeled coach Bryn. We actually just had our banquet last weekend. The senior girls gave her a coach's gift. So she's Cute. known I as bet coach. She Bryn. loved that. She did. She didn't go with she didn't go to the banquet because she knew she would cry. And so um, she knew I would probably cry saying goodbye to these seniors. She knew she'd cry. So she's like, mom, I can't do it. We had actually, last week was rough. We had to lay our dog down. He was very rough. And Bryn was like, nope, I'm, I'm at my limit. <laughs> and she knew yeah. it. So, um, but she comes with me. And so I think not only does she pick up what I say and what I'm doing, but she's picking up what those high school girls are doing as well. And for the most part, they are amazing with her. But if they're, they're talking down about themselves, if they don't have self-talk, if they don't have the confidence, she's also picking up on that. So um, that's the one thing, like 
we talked about, or I talked a little bit about at our banquet this last week was you always have little eyes watching. A lot of you have little sisters. A lot of you have my daughter in the dugout with you um, at a lot of games. She's doing all those things you do. You got to remember that, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, they see more than you realize. They definitely do. Yeah. And Brandon and I talk about that too, you know, like kind of going on a different tangent. Um, being coaches has helped us see what kind of parents we would like to be or not be necessarily someday sure. when it comes to our kids in sports. And my I, Brandon and I talk about this, but also my assistant coaches and I were just talking about this too. Like, I think this will make me a better parent because sometimes the girls will come to practice and they'll say something and it's like, there's no way you came up with that on your own, you know, like, and so the things that are getting said at home, they take in and the like comments their parents make to them, they take in and some of it is really good. And some of it, I don't think is meant to not be good, but it goes to a goes to that place. So for us, you know, we're seeing firsthand of how what gets said in front of kids has a direct effect on them. For sure. And I think we could probably attest to that too, because I think like our parents' generation and their parents' generation, they were a lot less aware of mental health issues. And so they don't realize some of the things that they said were probably not very positive. Right. And again, kind of to no fault of their own, because that's how they were raised and that's what they knew. And they did the best they could, just like we're doing the best that we could, or we can. Right. But learning, learning those things now as parents to help our kids so that, you know, if someday they end up in therapy, that's okay. And if they are talking about us, but they know that we love them ultimately and, and we did the best we can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And back to the growth mindset too, like not just focusing on the outcome all the time, but you know, I think that was probably the biggest thing I learned and took away from my capstone project was the language you use can form a kid's mindset without you knowing. So if you're always praising them for getting an A plus on a paper, you know, they're thinking I have to do whatever it takes at all costs to just get that, get that grade to make it look good. Um, versus you worked so hard, you practiced so much, like that's all paying off, you know, just those words that you use, um, go a long way. And actually at our school, um, I have a cousin that coaches wrestling and cross country, and he has brought a mindset coach to our school. And now a number of our sports programs, um, obviously his, both Brandon and I, um, have really bought into the mindset program. So we have a mindset coach that comes and works with our team. And it has been phenomenal. Like I can't say enough. And if nothing else, he does a really good job. Whenever we talk about like, okay, what does your team need? You know, things like that. He does a good job of coaching us and getting our mindset in the right spot as coaches to be able to say the right thing to the kids. Um, And so it's crazy how much you'd think you don't realize your language and the words you use affects everybody's mindset. For sure. What would you say to somebody who like you have a lot of those tools right now to live in that growth mindset mentality, you and Brandon and the kids and your team, but like not everybody has that, right? Not everybody has that support at home or has those resources or is going to therapy. And like, do you have any recommendations on where somebody can turn to start? Just like, I talked to so many moms who I think they've just settled for 
being okay with the way things are instead Mm -hmm. of like working to love themselves more. Yeah. And doing that hard work, you know, for me, I've realized when I feel like everything's like out of control or just, it's all chaos. For me, my time, like I do a devotional every day. Um, a couple of years ago, my sister, so my sister-in-law, she, uh, another mom, you would talk mom coach, but we have kind of bonded over that. But we also did the, we read the Bible in a year, a couple of years ago. That's huge for me because if I can, I, I want to say if I can start my day out, like ideally I try to start my day out with that, but there's some days where it doesn't happen. So I have to be okay with it not happening right away. Um, but I feel like that at least gets me in a good place to start with. Um, otherwise I, there's so much free stuff out there now, if we can only take advantage of it, like your podcast, for example, I, I resonate so much with what you say about giving yourself grace and, um, finding the good things. Like everything doesn't have to be good. Find the one good thing, you know, those things are free. And I listen to a ton of podcasts and I try to share those with the girls or even just daily emails, like with positivity reminders or things like that. I, um, my husband and I both have read most of John Gordon's books. I love John Gordon books because they're easy reads. My kids have read some of them, um, that just kind of get you in a good frame of mind. They get how to think positive, you know, not complaining, keeping, keeping yourself in a good spot. Um, and then like, just, you can go to the library and get any of these books, but there's a lot of really good books out there. Um, I, one that I've read a couple times, honestly, is the purpose driven life. I've not I read that it. in years. I love that book. I went back to it last year or like after COVID, you know, cause that was tough. That was as yeah. a teacher doing online, everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, I learned, I, I have no problem staying at home. I have no problem being a homebody. Like whenever you do those Myers-Briggs tests, like your personality, I'm right in the middle of extrovert and introvert. So the introvert side of me was totally okay with staying home, but, um, I still at the same time have this fear of missing something. So, um, I think just taking advantage of those resources out there and I listen. So the, um, mindset coach we use is the eyes up mindset. And I listen to their podcast every week and they always are talking about different books that are out there or other podcasts or, you know, and one thing that Jamie always says to us is, and we, we talk about this with our teams is give good juice. Like when you give good, good comes back and it's kind of just more in your awareness. So like I talk about this with my softball girls too. If you're finding faults with other people, you're going to always just be picking up on faults and different negative things. But if you go and do something good, you're going to all of a sudden in your awareness, it's kind of like one of those things where you've never heard of a word before. And then all of a sudden, once you learn it, you hear it like three times and it's like, I've never heard this in my whole life. And now it's everywhere, but just bring it into your consciousness a little bit. So, um, I think there are a lot of free things that we could take advantage of if we just go out and look for them. For sure. And now some people would say like, I don't like to read books, but there's great audiobooks, And like Katie said, yeah. there's tons of great podcasts out there. You just have to find, find the ones that resonate with you the most, or even like mm-hmm. I've found lately some uh, Instagram accounts that I really love to follow of like moms of teens. Cause I feel like, you know, I've got like the tweens right now and I can already uh-huh. relate to some of the stuff they're saying. And I'm thinking ahead for how am I surviving this, <laughs> this stage of life <laughs> and not just focusing on the negative of the heart of the teen years. 
Um, and it's been really, it's encouraging to read some of the stuff that they write. And it like brings me back to, there's so much good that comes out of the teen years too, or this is how we can keep a relationship going with our teen daughters, even though it doesn't seem like they like us, you know? Right. Um, I think just, and surrounding yourself with the right people makes a big difference because when you're around those people, they'll bring out or maybe share some of the things that are working for them. And you can look into those, you know, instead of just finding, um, being around people who are always finding the negative things going on. Um, that's a big thing that I've had to do in my own life. And I think that's made a big difference for me too. Yeah. Always find your tribe, right? Those those five people, you know, and it's not like these things mean that life isn't hard because there are hard things, but it makes the hard easier to go through it. It helps. So you can still see good in the hard times. Right. Right. And just have some support, just somebody there that knows you're going through it and can, you know, you might not need somebody to come and fix it necessarily. Um, but just to, just to recognize that you're going through it and say, Hey, I see you like you're doing a good job. For sure. For sure. Does this help you, uh, when you deal with mom guilt? Cause we all deal with it in some way, shape or form. And I'm sure you deal with it too, with like having a really busy schedule and trying to balance all that and have family time. But, um, we all have some sort of mom guilt that we battle. And so do you feel like having that growth mindset really helps you with that? I really do. Cause that's probably one of the biggest things. Like, I think that was part of obviously my career change because I wasn't, I felt guilty that I wasn't there. I felt guilty that I would spend so many hours away. Um, I do, I carry a lot of guilt, mom guilt, just regular self guilt, like just guilt all around. Um, and so I think it's helped a ton with, like I said, talking to myself and asking like, is that really true? You know, the things you say, is that really how it is? Or is, are we make, or am I making it into something bigger than what it really is, you know, in my head? Um, and I think just the growth mindset side of it, or just mindset in general and positive, positive mindset has made a huge difference in how I look at things. And so that helps definitely allow myself to give myself some grace. For sure. For sure. And it's, it's not like a one-time thing where all of a sudden you don't deal with mom guilt because you're going to forget your kid had gymnastics or you're going to snap at them. And, and then it it helps you to be able to get over that moment. Like, yep, you feel guilty about it, about it, but like, you don't sit in it forever, right? You can get Mm -hmm. yourself out of that and move on and, and still think, okay, well (laughs) we missed gymnastics, but they were fed today and we went out for ice cream or we went for a bike ride or whatever, and helps you kind of get past that, that hard side of, of the guilt. Right. And I think you're right because there's, there's so much like with coaching that brings a whole other side of, of the guilt trip you can play like, Oh, I didn't play this girl long enough or, Oh, I didn't get a chance to really connect with her. Or did I do the best? You know, like you always question those things or, um, things like that. But then I have Bryn at these practices and, you know, I used to feel really guilty. She's sitting there for for uh, however long, you know, these two hour practice, she's at almost every practice they're at every game for the most part. Um, and I found, um, I found a mentor coach and she doesn't know I follow her because she's crazy successful and busy and whatever. But, um, 
Patty Gasso is the head coach at Oklahoma and they just won their sixth national title. And I listen to any podcast I can find with her because she talks about how, when she was a mom, she almost quit coaching and her boy said, mom, what are you doing? Like, we're fine. You know? And I thought, okay, that's good. Because like that, that was what I needed to hear at the time, because there aren't a lot of mom coaches like to go to practice and not get home until seven and then feed your kids at this late time or still have to do laundry that night and homework and reading and everything. It's hard to fit it all in. I'm super lucky. I have very supportive parents and in-laws because the grandmas do a fantastic job. Like I said, though, my sister-in-law is also a head coach and she's got four little, little ones. So my mother-in-law splits time between us and my mom, my brother was still in college sports a couple, like up until last year. So she was still traveling in it. So then that's when you like have to lean on your friends and in that support group, can you, can you get like a ride? Maybe just, it's a ride. Can you just bring them to practice? So they don't have to sit outside the whole time or, you know, whatever it might be, but, um, asking for help is okay. And it's definitely hard to do, but, um, I think that it's something that we all from time to time need to be okay with. Yep. We can't do it alone. We just can't. I remember last spring when I had to get my girls three different places on a Tuesday night, the entire month of May. And the first Tuesday, I was like, I got this. And like three different locations, like one's in town, one's 15 minutes to the Southwest and one's 20 minutes to the Northeast. And I think I can do it all. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I had to ask for help real fast. And I think, yeah. you know, once you start asking for that help too, whether it's family or friends, like you have people in your life that are willing to help you, all you have to do is ask. And once you start doing it, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Definitely. if it's just like, I, like when your kids are really little, I just need an hour to take a shower and get dressed. Can you have, can you take my kids neighbor friend? Right. Yeah. People are willing to help. You just have to ask. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and sometimes it's good for the kids too, because they're, they're getting somewhere different. They're getting in, you know, like just away from it too, because sometimes. For sure. And coming back to, we're, we're setting that example that we will ask for help, that it's okay right. to ask for help and that nobody expects right. you to do it all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what is one thing that you think you do really well as a mom? Um, I, no, wait, let me rephrase that. What okay. is something you know you do really well? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that we do, as am I, like, we're, I would say we're a pretty good team because, like I said, we divide and conquer. We both go both ways. Um, but I think that modeling piece about getting our kids to help out and help out in the community and volunteer and serve others and just, um, learn the value in that, I think is something that, that, um, is something both Brandon and I do and it has paid off. For sure. Yeah. Thanks. Go ahead. No, were you going to say something else? I was just going to say like, obviously us, most of ours is at a ball field or sports related. So, um, after basketball games, when we, um, when we'll go and watch, we, uh, our kids will help pick up the garbage or they'll help like help the custodians put everything away, you know, while we're finishing. And that kind of started, <clears throat> excuse me, when Brandon was coaching basketball, but 
um, while he, while we'd wait for Brandon to get things done, Blake would kind of help. And, and now it's just something we've done last night. We all were at the ball field. Brandon was umping, Bryn was announcing Blake and I were doing scoreboard, you know? So it's like, it's just kind of how it goes. And, um, and then when it comes to church, they see me lecturing or reading and, and Blake's now serving and just finding different ways to help out. And when there's a fall festival, like just giving back because it's not something that we can just expect. And I feel like that is something that's kind of become the norm. Like everyone do things for me or just for this to be this way, I'm just going to show up and play. And like, that's not how it goes. There's a lot of work that goes into putting on games that you're playing and taking part in these activities that you're taking part in. And um, when you can teach your kids to give back and serve, it helps them appreciate all of the work that goes into it, I feel like. So I just think that's really important. So we've really tried to emphasize that. I agree, totally. I think that's that's part of our growing up too, right? With having that yeah. small town, but like that that faith behind our mm-hmm. everything in childhood is, you know, like we were taught that God is first and his people are first and like, we're here to, to make this world a better place. And we do that through service and you're passing that on to your kids. And that's great. Right. Right. And that's, and that's what God did. He brought his son and like Jesus, he didn't just teach. He, he did it. He got in there and he did it. And that's, if you're going to change something, if you're going to change a culture or you're going to change even just the world, just doing what you can. Like we talk a lot about controlling controllables. You can't control everybody else, but what can you control? You can control what you're willing to do and what, what you help out with and that in itself makes a change. So, um, I think that's for sure. And I think that probably helps you get into the growth mindset, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. giving back, like you said, you focus on the good and then you see more good. And so what a great yeah. way to be able to teach your kids that growth mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Katie. You bet. Thanks. Thanks again for having me and keep doing this because it, if, like I said, it helps. It's one of those it's one of those resources we have and I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you're doing because it does. It helps a lot more than you probably know. Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Raw Mom Life podcast. If you love anything you heard today, share it with some family or a friend who might resonate with it as well. I love to hang out on Instagram. So come find me over there for some more laughs and maybe a few tears as well. But always a good cup of coffee. Mama, I appreciate you and never forget, you are never alone.